Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. Hello, everybody. Just gone for uh, Max Rush and Charlie Baker in from H and J today. Just going to pause for those who only like H and J. Thanks for staying with us. Um, here's Charlie telling you everything that's on because I can't remember. Uh, what did we talk about? We spoke to somebody about the snooker, yes. didn't we? And Andy Brassell. No, we're not having him in a bit. <laughs> oh, he's not in it, no. No, okay. Start again. No, 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 start again. Come on. Literally, I can't remember. Okay, I can do. Okay, we had a bloke who has uh, built the fastest oh, yeah, ever fastest wheelbarrow. wheelbarrow. yeah. You lost your chance, Oh, Charlie, sorry, I apologise. Um, uh, we're going to talk... Uh, somebody chatted about Ronnie O'Sullivan, what a legend of snooker he is. Our oh, bits and autobiography Nunn, wars. he was called. Yes, here it is. Enjoy it. Bye. <laughs> Everyone, good afternoon, Charlie. Good afternoon, Max. The, the test should—they should just play it. Find an horrible old pitch somewhere, set up some cameras, play it in the rain, just get on with it. Okay, well, that's where it's, uh, I die. I'm, I'm with you. It drives me mad. You can't have a sport. You can't play because it's raining a bit. No, you just think, get on with no, it. It's just part of the way it is. It, it has got, what does mean. The world keeps spinning, and a test cricket still happens. We cr- find it exciting. cricket needs to learn just to get on with it. Um, it was very kind of. Uh, uh, Danny Mills and Danny Murphy to that show with Jim, wasn't it? Who's your favourite nice. bald Danny, Charlie? Danny M, your favourite Danny M. Your favourite bald... Ra, no. ra, Rasputin. <laughs> no, your favourite bald Danny. Mills, <laughs> Murphy, Dickio, uh, Tiato, is it a, uh, DeVito. Ooh, DeVito. Okay, fine. Love that. I love Taxi. Do you like Taxi, Max? What a great uh, I didn't see a lot of us just oh. before my time. Slightly different generations, aren't we? <laughs> uh, yeah, eight ten eighty nine, please. Your favourite bald Danny. Oh, that's um, one of the texts, is it? Okay. Uh, no, I don't think it's going to. I don't think there's a very long list. Is there? I think we may have exhausted it already. Thanks Danny, for your time. Is dry. That's here it. Now, okay. Thanks for coming Montgomery. in. It's a great show. <laughs> We'd nice, wouldn't it, if one show was just five minutes long, wouldn't it? Big so, build up. Some people would like it if this for, show was five minutes long. <laughs> big build up. Thanks for listening, and then goodbye. Um, now there was some there's some comedy, Charlie. Wasn't there? Was there some comedy over the weekend, weren't there, Max? It's hard After, to tell a joke. It is very difficult to tell a joke. Now we all saw the 8-2. That mm. was fantastic. We've already discussed the A2. The 8-2. The A2. The A2 yeah. to Cambridge, is it? No. no, Dover. no, no. It's Dover. Dover. It's Dover, yeah. Dover the, no, the A2. Eight, the 8-2, yes. uh, which was a brilliant, brilliant football match. Exactly my sort of football match. Okay, yeah. And of course, in that game, was Thomas Muller, wasn't it? Yeah, Thomas, Thomas Muller, wonderful footballer. Wonderful footballer, yeah. been around forever. Yeah. And after it, in in the press conference after it, he, he went for a joke, didn't he, Max? He did. Not in his first language, to Not be fair exa- to him. I will give him that. I will yes. give him that. Can we, can we hear the joke? Let's hear the joke. Let's hear. But, um, yeah, we in Bayern, we have uh, Robert Levan, Lewandowski. You know, Robert Lewandowski. 
I hurt so much. It's like everything he's achieved in his career is for now. At that moment, he couldn't sit there and think of World Cups and, you know, league titles and everything he's won. At, the, at that exact moment, his heart would have just absolutely yeah. sunk. It's just the silence. Can we hear it it's one more time? Yeah, just, the, just hear the silence between him and then it having to explain the joke. But, um, yeah, we in Bayern, we have uh, Robert Levan, Lewandowski. You know, Robert Lewandowski. <laughs> just eggy, is it? You can just find Look, it on Twitter if all, you want to. We've all been there. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> I like having to explain. You know? You know. <laughs> you know him. So, 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 so Charlie, you've been really yeah. hard at work, haven't you? Very hard at work. We've got, um, yeah, I'm a, a stand-up comedy, uh, a comedian. That's one of my jobs. It is. And you bit. wanted to, you wanted to know, was it the was joke it the itself? Joke? Yeah, or was it the way it was told? Was it the delivery? Because a lot of the time... It's the way you tell them. It's the way I tell them, to, mm. to quote. Frank Spencer, I was going to say, and Frank Carson. <laughs> to smoke Frank Absolutely Spencer, brilliant. Yeah, absolutely brilliant comedian, Frank Carson. Um, so I've got, I've got in touch with a few of my mates. Okay. And they've had a go at the joke. Okay, do we want to hear Muller's first again? Let's hear Muller's one more okay, time, and then, we'll, and then we'll hear from a couple of the UK's finest comedians. But, um, yeah, we in Bayern, we have uh, Robert Levan, Lewandowski. You know, Robert Lewandowski. <laughs> it gets me every time. <laughs> so there we are. That was, uh, that was Thomas Muller. Okay. Let's hear from Tom Allen. Okay, right. Let's hear yeah. from Tom Allen. But, uh, you know, in Bayern, we have Robert Levin, Lewandowski. You know, Robert Lewandowski. That wasn't Tom Allen. That, no, was, that was Ivo Graham. Graham. That was yes. Ivo Graham having a you, good go. slightly annoyed that we got the wrong one there. Glad Glad after all there. this work after you did. That, work, that was Ivo Graham there. Let's just hear Ivo having another go at it, well, shall we? Okay, we'll make sure they've got Ivo. Now we might yeah, hear Tom Allen again. Tom Who Allen knows? It's a disaster, isn't it? Perhaps they're all on different buttons. <laughs> Who do you want, Charlie? Uh, oh, let, let's have... Uh, have we got... Have we got... Who are we having? Let's okay. go with Ivo Graham. Let's hear Ivo Graham one okay. more time. But, uh, you know, in Bayern, we have Robert Levin, Levin Golski. Mm. You know, Robert Levin Golski. I preferred mm. Thomas Muller's. Thomas Muller's. <laughs> okay. A bit arch, wasn't it? Yeah. A bit arch, the Eton educated. <laughs> and, and also we've got Rosie Jones. I don't know if you've ever seen yeah, Rosie yeah, Jones. Wonderful. Rosie Jones has given the joke a go. Let's okay, have Okay, here we go. But, uh, you know, William Bayern... We have Robert Lewandowski. You know, Robert Lewandowski. I think it may be the joke is I bad. Think it's, I think the joke the is bad. We'll hear from more people as we go along. Absolutely Max, right. Since it, since it is the joke, it's going to be great to hear another ten. <laughs> <He's> got another <laughs> ten of those. I think it's the joke. <laughs> also, yeah. um, uh, you got very annoyed with me, didn't you? Yeah. On Friday, uh, when when Jim yeah. White was listening in his speedos uh, to me, Perry and Bob, we did the text topic: yeah. footballers as holiday locations. Brilliant. Uh, of uh, you know, which was a, of, a brilliant bit of radio, and it's the sort of thing we do on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. You know, we turn up, be really creative, and and you normally just sort of turn up and just expect everyone else around you to come up with stuff yeah absolutely you, and because you were trying to show off to the bosses because yes. you're on in the week yeah, on a so weekday you came on. up with a you put a shirt on a a big boy shirt and you came up with a really good 
Subject. Sex subject, yeah, which yeah. is, you know, as holiday locations, you know, I've got a lovely place in the Chupo Moting. So, yeah, um, beautiful. It, it worked really, really beautiful. well. You know, um, you know, money's tight, so we're just off to pew this week. So anyway, <laughs> um, somebody else texted in going, what about footballers as ailments? I've got a nasty touch of the Balbrainers. Uh, my nan's got stamp. The, the, <laughs> these kind of things. Lovely. So 8109 on the text, and uh, and I'd love to hear those from you. Uh, skins, as I hate it when my Gazanigas play up. Uh, Ashley. <laughs> says my youngest has loftus cheek uh, <laughs> that's lovely uh, Pete says the chiropractor says my ender Stevens has popped out and needs realigning <laughs> um, uh, Michael says I've been sitting on the toilet all morning terrible case of the Melchiots the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport Afternoon all, you're listening to TalkSport, Max Rushton and Charlie Baker with you to four. Matt in Birmingham says, very painful passing my Steve Stones. <laughs> um, we can have uh, remedies as well. Nifty Palms says, uh, I had a case of the guppies last week. I took a packet of Telemans ah, and it's all sorted. Very nice. The so, brand yeah. name though, of course, isn't it? Yeah. Telemans. Yes, absolutely. Like Tannoy or Hoover. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely right. Um, uh, right now, obviously we uh, we heard the Thomas Muller. Do you want to do the Thomas Muller? Heard the yeah. Thomas Muller joke. Yeah, yeah, let's let's hear Let's hear it again. It's so painful, isn't it? Painful. But, yeah, we in Bayern, we have uh, Robert Lewandowski. (laughs) You know, Robert Lewandowski. So is it the way you tell them, Max, or is it the material? We need to find out. We've got some of the country's best comedians to tell the joke. Right, okay. They've given it their absolute all. They've given it their all. I think we've got Tom Allen and Josh Widdicombe. Okay. But, uh, you know, we in Bayern, we have Robert Lewandowski. You know, Robert Lewandowski. Best so Pretty far. good, very good. Tom Allen, Tom Allen really pulling so it out of the bag there. Let's hear Josh Widdicombe. But, uh, you know, we have in Bayern, we have Robert Levin Levengolski. You know, Robert Levengolski. I'm having Alan. Good. Alan, Alan is the highest. Josh is probably in second. Thomas Muller is still good. in third. I've there. got Muller ahead of Ivo Graham. I don't yeah. have to upset Ivo like that. Well, we'll have, we'll have more of that a bit later on. Thanks. Oh, oh yes, I should, I should hope so too. I Are you enjoying so. that bit? I enjoyed that now. Eight ten eighty nine. Um, <laughs> <coughs> Sam Brenton says, "Okay, uh, say goodbye to unwanted aches and pains with Bellerin." That's very good, isn't it? That's very, very, very good. Very good. Sir James Appleton says, uh, um, uh, I have a nasty case of cout. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) My dirt cout. It's playing up. Uh, uh, Anonymous, I found a lump on my Jemba Jembas. (laughs) Come on. Come on, is that too close to the bone? That is worrying. (laughs) James says, I had to take two pantalum on a day. And then it cleared it up. (laughs) I tell you what, it does work, doesn't it? For the... uh, the, Pills and lotions. Uh, Max says, take a lusiony or two to clear up any vengerial disease. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. And Very Chris nice. just writes, irritable bail syndrome. Yeah. Poof, poof, straight in. What did you make of uh, the city? Do, the the uh, city going out? and uh, you know Pep over the. Can you be like like like? Um, why doesn't uh, he? Said, why didn't he play Phil Foden? Why didn't he play Phil Foden? I don't know. I mean, I really don't know. I mean, uh, it is possible that because. Uh, they had two games against Leon uh, last season. Was it last yeah. season? They drew one and they lost one. They that he thought maybe this is the way to uh, try try and change this. And also, when they went to a four, that was when Leon broke twice and scored. But I but but it is strange. It is strange when Jamie says you know Pep has been a failure at City when you because because it it seems so ridiculous to say someone who's had that much success and has been that you know, has won the league that yeah. many times, etc. to be a failure. But I guess when you think about quite how much money 
they have comparison to well he's not succeeded in the Champions League he's absolutely smashed absolutely everything else but if his goal is to win the Champions League then he's not succeeded my thing with Phil Foden is right it's like my gran before she died bless her yes had some crockery in a cupboard right. that she would save for best, Max. All right, and and of course, when she died, it was never used. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like they're keeping Phil Foden in a cupboard for best. We'll save him for best. These people need to play. These, these lads I totally need to agree. play. And I, and I really, really did think that after Foden played against Real Madrid, it felt different. Because A, they played him in this false nine, right, which is a... It, it's an interesting position to play him in, and, and we still don't know what Phil Foden's best position is uh, and and there's no shame in not knowing that because I, I don't think we've, we've seen him play brilliantly in lots of different mm. positions but it's very rare you know he started ahead of the Silvers and he started ahead of Riyad Mahrez and you think okay this is the now he's here, here right? he is he yeah. is here and he is we in, trust him and we know David Silva is leaving at the end of this season so you think okay this is a, this is a perfect time to let Foden run with it and then to not bring him on is such a great shame for him but to not really bring any of you know to, to wait for so long to bring any of those attacking players on it's, when it it's, wasn't Mr. it's like he, it's like he talked himself out of it Pep it's like he's, he thought I'm going to second they're going to try and second guess me so I'm going to go with something fresh and then it just seemed to confuse the players and nothing happened Walker in, in a three does not work yeah I I, I uh yeah, I thought it was. I think it was really strange, and I, he has overthought things. I think he was unlucky at Bayern, really, and, and and loved at Barcelona. You sort of think what's happening at Barcelona that he could, could yeah. Pep just go there and and resurrect that? Mm. Uh, anyway, the biggest story of the uh, weekend was uh, a man who set the fastest recorded time on a wheelbarrow. Yeah, and that time. Well, let, let's get him on, and we can talk to him. Kevin Nix, a gardener and inventor. Kevin, how are you doing? Oh, very well, thanks. I'm still alive. Excellent. Well, uh, <laughs> wonderful. wonderful. And that's all we can all say, isn't it? How are you? Fine, thanks. Still alive. Now you said the world's fastest recorded time on a wheelbarrow. Amazing. Uh, what, uh, what was the uh, what speed did you get to? I got to forty-four point six miles an hour. Wow. And how much faster is that than the previous record, Kevin? Well, I've got an application open with Guinness World Records, and. Uh, what this weekend was about, because I've had, I had uh, when I built it, it would do 36 miles an hour, mm-hmm. um, which was rather exciting, I do have to say. <laughs> and then they, they sent me this minimum speed of 42.5. Oh, oh no. God. <sighs> so I have had, with um, a moped tuner over in Morecambe, which okay, is a million yeah. miles from me, yeah. we, we built a full race engine for it. Okay. And uh, and so this weekend was about testing to see if I can do that speed, and I got up to forty four point six. So sorry, who says there's a minimum speed for a wheelbarrow? Because I have definitely pushed a wheelbarrow <laughs> at less than thirty six miles an hour. Well, well, Guinness World Records, even if there isn't a record, they set you a lot of criteria that you have to meet. Um, which I meet all the criteria. The only one I didn't meet was that they'd set a minimum speed, which they they sometimes do on new records. Okay, and so it has no, to be motorised. I mean, because I thought when I read this, I thought it'd be someone someone pushing a wheelbarrow. I'm interested in that record as well. Someone fast, <laughs> the fastest someone pushing a wheelbarrow. There, there is a Guinness record for that. Oh, actually. okay. And okay. what is it? Um, um, 
about 10 miles an hour, I think. Okay. It's not good. slow, is it? Do, um, what does your well, wheel... You won't see me... Do, you, I'm not going to attempt that one. What, uh, what does your wheelbarrow... Does it look like your regulation wheelbarrow? In my mind, you've got two sites, sorts of wheelbarrow. You have the one with one wheel, mm-hmm. and you have the one with the kind of ball. The ball, the yeah, ball yeah, yeah. wheel. What, what one did you go for, Kevin, or is it a slightly um, different well, arrangement? Well, mine's completely bespoke, and... The, the idea I wanted to do was to try and hide as much of the mechanicals as possible. Yeah, sure, of course, yeah. So it, it, it looks a bit mo- looks more like a, a stable wheelbarrow, you know, yeah, those yeah. much deeper ones? Yes. Um, but I built this in lockdown, and I built it to try and help people, to give them an incentive to get creative. Yeah. Um, and so I set myself a budget of zero, and I okay. built it in 10 days. Very, very good, <laughs> Um, getting Neil Warnock in uh, to manage your team a budget of zero and do it in ten days. Um, and it's not your only record, though, is it? You've got you've no, got a, no. you've got the shed record as well, haven't you, Kevin? Yeah, I've got I've got the fastest shed. I I, I own the only fully, fully approved road legal garden shed in the world. Oh. How did it get um, through the MOT? What do they do? It's got a bit of woodworm. Straight, straight through, straight through, no problem. Yeah, <laughs> no point. Yeah. The mechanic went. There is one thing. <laughs> it's a shed. Um, how? Uh, okay. How fast I, does the shed go? Uh, the fastest I've ever been in it is 114.65. So what in size engine have you got in your shed? 4.2 litre V8. <laughs> Audi RS. Tuned Audi RS4. That's, I mean, that's is that amazing. Like, Kevin, why do you do all this? Um, it's fun, isn't it? Yeah. I... I I'm on the most amazing journey in life. I don't quite know where it's heading, but it's just phenomenal. The places I've been, the people I've met, and um, and uh, I've also built, built a little tiny shed called Freddy the Sheddy. I've written a children's book. Oh, lovely! Which I've done recently. Um, yeah. You buy that on Amazon for your children. It's really good. And his friend Sammy Summerhouse. No, no, no I had. Ha- I have actually built it, built him a female friend oh. called called Wendy House. Obviously. Oh, of course, Belter. Belter. <laughs> Come on, get up to the speed. Sorry, I do apologise. Do you know what, though, Kevin? I think I think what you say, you know, why do you do it? Because it's fun. Is quite often we kind of forget actually that that's a really important part of existing, isn't it? You know, there's no real point to any of this without getting too existential oh. about it. And enjoying yourself is is quite important. Yeah, oh, you 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 are so right, and I think. Um, from my youth, everybody used to have fun, or, you know, just doing silly things. And it seems to be lacking nowadays. Um, you go to certain parts of the country and they're, they're still like it. You can go up north uh, and they're still sort of devilment and sarcasm and, you know, but it's all humour. Yeah. Um, now, I went um, back when I used to do, where I'm from, Newton Abbott, we used to have banger racing um, on a Wednesday yeah. night. And um, they used to sometimes do caravans on the back of the bangers oh, and they'd smash that up. Luck, is there a shed racing circuit? Is there <laughs> or a garden building <laughs> racing circuit at all? Or? Um, no, but I've, I race all over the country. I've done a few laps of Silverstone, oh, Castle Coombe. I've driven 45,000 miles in this big shed. Mm, quite a few miles on it now. One owner. <laughs> As yeah. new. One owner. <laughs> Anthony <laughs> says... First the sea will buy. Anthony I, says, Kevin, I'm sorry, as a purist, I can't accept a bespoke wheelbarrow. Oh, that's the one from B&Q or something, oh, really? is it? Oh. Uh, uh, 
that that Barrow, honestly, if you if you wanted an adrenaline rush, you're more than welcome when I'm at an event. Yeah. To come along, put some leathers on, put a helmet on, yeah. and have a go on it. Oh, I'm in. Fantastic. I'm in. I hate adrenaline of all sorts, but I will absolutely get on a 40 mile an hour wheelbarrow. I've been, Kevin. I've been tractor racing. That's mental, isn't it? Tractor racing is super fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, people might be listening. They might think, well, 44 miles an hour isn't very fast. When you're standing upright on a little platform with two wheels, <laughs> and you're being pulled along by this device that you've got to try and control because it's got a mind of its own <laughs> honestly it's insane fantastic um oh well kevin well done congratulations keep building stuff please because we you, need kevin. people oh. like you thanks for your time I'll, kev i'll be back on soon with my next project excellent okay, news yeah, kevin nicks there uh, world record holder fastest wheelbarrow uh, fastest shed um, oh, that was tremendous. You went very West Country in that. Oh, did I? Yeah. It's because it they got banger racing, right? <laughs> you know there. Oh, you've been bangering my tracker. I do all right, Leroy boy. Racist voice there. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. I cut you off there, Charlie. Uh, did you? Oh, did you? Did you no, it's become so, so incredible. I was just laughing you at you struggling, saying one fifth odds <laughs> and the horse racing. That's what I was laughing at. Now. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, but it's uh, not gen- easy to tell a joke. No, though, it, it isn't easy to tell a joke. We've been doing a scientific. <clears throat> we've, we've decided it's scientific. It is scientific. Yes, uh, scientific research mm-hmm. and just showing our workings out and getting people to to call in. We've we heard the joke. Oh, we got we got the Thomas Muller joke. This is one Thomas more time. Muller's yeah. joke about uh, Robert Lewandowski, isn't it? Yes. But, um, yeah, we in Bayern, we have uh, Robert Lewandowski. You know, Robert Lewandowski. I think he was expecting a little chuckle. So it is. Is it the joke or is it the telling? You are a very well-connected man, Charlie. You know, lots of great comedians. You've got them to do the joke. We've had Josh Widdicombe, Tom Allen. We've had uh, Ivo Graham. Exactly. And all sorts. Rosie Jones, all sorts so far. This time, uh, we've gone to the very top. No, we haven't gone to the top. It's Ramesh Ranganathan. First, let's hear Ramesh. Ramesh. But, uh, you know, in Bayern, we have uh, Robert Levengolski. You know, Robert Levengolski. It's a really lovely effort. Solid delivery. When you're given such terrible material, I think he's done incredibly well. (laughs) Who's next? Uh, Kerry Godleman, and I think she goes for a slight impression. Okay. Uh, You know, we in Bayern, we have Robert Levengolski, you know... Robert Lewandowski. There we are. Gone yeah. to the top, Max. Okay, well, if you want us to I carry on with this. I think we've decided it's the joke that isn't very funny. Yet we've continued to rub it into the ground. Uh, gentle Jordan cream, instant relief for itchy shakiris. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you mentioned, you know, I've got, uh, you have got a nasty case of uh, Ariza Belaga. I did, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Stephen says, surely it's very hard to catch Ariza oh, Belaga. Very nice, it is, yeah. isn't it? Um, Nick says, my schlup has flared up again. <laughs> uh, Manor says, my scalacci is getting worse. Scalacci. Uh, oh, what a summer that was. Oh, wasn't it? Cabina- the summer of scalacci. <laughs> Cabina says, my ricega is playing up again. <laughs> and Matt, uh, he says, I've got Vaduka all down my leg. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Mark snapped his Anelka. And uh, uh, don't just pluralise Jagielka, because then it just makes it sound rude. <laughs> A lot of people just trying to catch us out. Do you, bit, some, do you want some vignettes? Yeah, why not, Max? Okay. Why not? Uh, what do you think the sexiest voice in the world is? Oh, I think a 
Devonshire voice. <laughs> okay. Just there, one a pint of cider, my okay. darling, from a simple country woman. Do you want another guess? Yeah, go on. Men. No, men, because the, the, the sexiest male voice. Probably Irish, I would have thought. Is it's, it it's like a light Irish voice? Irish is third. Third, okay. Yeah. In second is South African. Oh, right. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> Who's asked this? <laughs> well. Good food, eh? It's yeah. nice. And top is Scotland. Scotland, Just yeah. Think how blessed yeah. you are with four hours of Alan Brazil and three hours of Jim White. Oh, Scottish Just, is an is a beautiful accent, isn't it? It's yeah, beautiful. I mean, it depends, that, I mean, there that, are different uh, types of a Scottish soft accent, aren't Scottish accent. <laughs> can you that, do a Scottish accent? Is, I can't believe I can. Absolutely, <laughs> I am turning you on right now. What was fifth? Um, uh, I don't know. This was a. Is it just the top three? Was it? The it game? was a dating site. Mm. Can we read out the name of the dating site? We've you don't. Read out. Why not? Illicitencounters.com. Oh, what's for like, the most for illicit? Like a- what's the most illicit encounter you've ever had? Eight ten eighty nine on the nice, text. Yeah. That'd be a good one, wouldn't it? Very very good. I don't know. Scottish. Any other presenters that's well that's behaved that's good, on that front? I don't know. That's a dangerous road. A dangerous road to go down, isn't it? Anyway, speaking of uh, Scotland, okay, do you yes. know the Scottish Conservative leader is the uh, yeah, is a lino, is a lino, Douglas Ross. Yes. Um, he's apologised for missing VJ Day yes. commemoration uh, commemoration because yep. he was running the line. Yeah. He was uh, he was running the line uh, at Kilmarnock v St Johnston in the Scottish Premiership, which I think isn't a bad excuse, is it? If you've got another thing that happens on a Saturday, you could miss that commemoration. I, 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 I agree. I'm not blaming him for that. Say, so people getting angry about things all the time, aren't they? Oh, you know, cross. You can commemorate it in your own way, and that is fine. And just, I was just telling you, I watched Livingston v Rangers yesterday, and it was really awful, Max. <laughs> what was it? It was, really, it was, really, it was nil-nil on a plastic pitch, and it was no fans, and no one really had a shot. I think they had one shot in, in about 80 minutes, and it was, it was a terrible, terrible advert for the Scottish game. Stacey Dooley shouts out saucy pop lyrics in her sleep, says her partner Kevin Clifton. Oh, I wondered when, when she was going to be shouting them out. I kissed the girl and I liked it. <laughs> I want to know what like I would do anything for love. Yeah. Shout strip- out to my ex. That would be. I'm a man eater. Anyway, the Strictly Star revealed the TV host, 33, yells out words to Christina Aguilera's genie in a bottle as oh. she snoozes. Goodness me. Kevin, 37. Uh, Says she howled and then a, r- a lyric in that that seems quite rude to read out loud. <laughs> I'm not even joking, he says. Oh, do you believe them? Do you believe them? Yeah, I do believe them, yeah. Okay, but what, I don't what? think it's just to get in the papers, is it? I mean... Who knows? <laughs> call you a cynic, Charlie. Maybe we should say it. When we're top and tailing together on a Friday night yeah, before we, the show. That's what we do, isn't it? You right? scream out uh, meatloaf lyrics <laughs> and we'll see if we can get it in the Daily yeah. Star. Something to Paradise for, by the dashboard. You know uh, like. Sevilla's keeper is called Bono. Oh, yes, of course. Just a lot of U2 oh. puns, weren't there? Oh, streets have no name. Oh, all of that, you know. A lot of that. With or we and one. It's good. We all know some U2 songs. <laughs> we had some fun with it, though, didn't we? Yeah, we, we tried, tried, we tried to subvert the I, I the, tweeted the out a... I, I said... He'll he'll be under pressure. He's under pressure. <laughs> yeah. Lots of people going. You don't even know you two. Embarrassing. <laughs> Hashtag him. You loser. That was fun. Yeah. Some in then. One of the vignettes I've got has really gone out the window, Max, because okay. it was Kevin Wicks. Kevin Nix, oh, the right. fast wheelbarrow man. Oh, yes, he's, uh, he was on. He was on. We've had him on. It was excellent. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. Best position in it, goalkeeper. 
best position in the team. Do you think if so? You've, if you've got if you've got a really good goalkeeper, you're oh, really confident. Oh, okay. it's really oh, confident oh, yeah. you're going to win the league. But but for the but for do you think it's the best one to be? I don't think it's the best one to be. It's well, it depends, good to have a great depends what sort of person you are. Depends what you know. That might be. It's a it's, it's like putting, isn't it? The game within a game. I Keeping. always think being third keeper is just just before the game all you've got to do is just whack it long and they catch it and you see the two of the other two catching it and you're going, I you get to do, do keep it up he's at half time there was a rumour that Torquay's third keeper um, used to be Gilbert the girl as well <laughs> no. in, in the 90s in the 90s third keeper and mascot <laughs> There's this one more thing before we sign you. Would you oh, mind? Yeah. How are can you, you just, as, can you just see your wings? Back? <laughs> Sorry, your arms. Yeah. Back. Do you, do you like dressing up as animals. There's no, re- no reason for it. No, 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 no. Honestly, no, no. no it doesn't mean anything at all. Are you CRB checked? Just, just, <laughs> you just sign down there, please. Excellent. Uh, right, you're listening to Talk Sports. Uh, the cricket, by the way, due to restart at three twenty, they're going to have to go some to get a result in this game. What <laughs> is the point, Max? To have a beer match? Just call it a ten 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 ten. Worth the, whole, worth the whole test? Yeah. Just say what? A game Why of 10, not? 10? Because who cares anyway? Just get on with it. Okay, right. Have a beer match. <laughs> okay. Um, be lovely, wouldn't you it? You could run cricket, Charlie. I'd love to run cricket. I'd do a beer. Oh, they need to I think it's too get much their, hard work for They you. need to get There's over so themselves. Much admin. There is so much admin you would not They should do. be playing at the Cardiff Millennium. When it rains, if it rains for two days, get down yeah. the Millennium Stadium. Right. Get inside, put get the roof, roof shut, put a pitch down in the middle and get on with it. Okay. Uh, you are. It's a slightly Durham-esque yeah. tone to your voice. <laughs> yes, I won't Just get on with it. I'm get so angry. Durham 0817. Adrian Durham won't be pleased that Peterborough have just sold their best player to Brentford and for 10 I million quid. I am absolutely delighted. <laughs> Good riddance. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Good afternoon. You're listening to Hawksby and Jacobs on TalkSport. Max Rushton, and Charlie Baker with you until four. Uh, footballers as ailments. Uh, Jamie oh, yeah. says, uh, a week in the Venegor of Hesselink, two weeks of rubbing on anti-smiter cream. My Cliverts have never <laughs> felt better. 
<laughs> such a risk reading out any of these. Yeah, Andy in Oxford's been on. It's not really an ailment, but Obama Yang and the dirt is gone. Barry <laughs> <laughs> no, Scott. Footballers as cleaning, as kitchen, as cleaning products is a different subject altogether. That's tomorrow. Anthony says, I caught Yakubu when I was snorkeling in the Maldives. <laughs> That's nice. Um, uh, keep those coming, please. Uh, eight to 89. Uh, Paul says, three drops of Van Hoydonk twice a day for two weeks and you'll be right as rain. Um, okay, let's talk about uh, Ronnie O'Sullivan then. Oh, um, what a, what a, a genius. Amazing Max. performance. One he of is. the greatest sports people of all time. Would you say so? Let's talk 100%. to snooker, snooker journalist Hector Nunns about that exact subject. Hector, how are you? Afternoon, Max. Afternoon, Charlie. Um, thanks for coming on. Would you go with uh, Charlie's uh, review there? One of the greatest sports people of all time? I, I think I would. On, on sheer ability, you know, uh, you know, I think we all like talking about sort of maverick floor geniuses in sport, don't we? And, and Ronnie O'Sullivan ticks every box in that department. Um, I think after, listen, after him winning his sixth world title and in making and extending records, I think, I think the debate was sort of uh, heading a little bit on social media today towards why is he never nominated in the sports personality show? And uh, I, I, I think there are... There are reasons for that. He's been overlooked a couple of times. And, uh, yeah, well, listen, with the lack of sport around this year, you'd be very surprised if perhaps he didn't make that shortlist this year. I, I, I heard him the other day saying, you know, a bit like, like Ledley King never trained but was still brilliant on the pitch, that kind of thing, that he was saying, well, I was sort of practising on terrible tables. And I was thinking what ones were sort of cushions yeah. that didn't work, you know, like <laughs> I had, like a six by four where you had to put the queue up at 90 degrees. You never know, I guess, is it like someone who says they don't do any homework but really does? Or actually, is this guy, he's just so much better naturally than other players that have to train and train and train? Yeah, well, I can empathise. I always used to blame the table as well, so I certainly <laughs> empathise with those comments. But no, he, nobody gets as good as he is without hard work. I, mean, he, I think, you know, he is more naturally talented than the other players. That's, that's a fact. But you don't get to then go on and win stuff, and especially like, you know, it's a marathon of the mind, 17 days at the Crucible in Sheffield. You don't win those titles unless you're practising very, very hard as well. And, he, you know, notoriously, he goes away for sort of a, a month and almost does a bit of a, a crammer crash course if you're making that comparison to the kid at school who, who doesn't seem to work too hard. And he absolutely plays these best of 19 frames with a whole series of players. And he does. He does practice and train at least as hard, if not harder, than, than some of the other players. But does it with his sort of slightly maverick sort of casual uh, insouciance that, that, that people would sort of think he doesn't really care. But I think deep down he, he really does. It's a, it's a bit of a game. It just looks so demoralising if you're sat in that chair while he's out there you know, knocking off 85 pretty easily without even seeming to think about it because he plays so quickly. And, and snooker, there's nothing else like it really in snooker when someone's doing that and you, you are helpless, aren't you? You are absolutely helpless. I, I totally agree. I, I, you know, I cover other sports and football and other things, and I, I think that mentally it's got to be one of the most crushing of sports because you, you're on, it's obviously an individual sport like a tennis, but at least in tennis you can sort of run around for the next point. Yeah, effort. Snooker, snooker you, you, you miss it. You just sit down, and, and you could just be sitting there for the mm. next 20 minutes absolutely helpless. And I think if you lose a tight match, having lost a lot of frames like that, it's, well, I know, I've, I've seen them, and sometimes they can hardly speak after these, these long matches. That semi-final day on Friday where you had the two 17-16s, which had never happened before, and uh, the Kyron Wilson, he, he, could, he was in floods of tears, and Anthony McGill could, could hardly talk. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I absolutely would agree with that. I, it could be very, very tough mentally. Now, he said that he was searching all for the two weeks, for the fortnight, searching for a cue action. I don't understand what that means. Do you understand what that means? 
Um, I, I, yes and no. I, I, I think I think part of what it means is that he's he often comes up with a, a sort of a device to deflect perhaps more awkward and difficult questions, mm-hmm. and that changes from tournament to tournament and year to year. It's been various other things in the past. Um, uh, talking about ranking points in an Australian accent was a favourite for one season. Um, and, and I think the cue action was he, he didn't really want to talk about the Mark Selby match too much. And so he, he went for that. Um, we we just about managed to crack it. Well, by the time he spoke to us in the in the written press, we, meant, we we actually showed him a picture of the Joe Davis book and the, the particular chapter he was talking about, and uh, that did actually make him laugh. And he allowed us to actually ask him a couple of questions about oh, something right. else. Um, but uh, look, look, he's obviously you know he, he's modelled his game initially on Steve Davis. I think he's taken it up a few levels from those days. And yeah, snooker hells, it's great. You know, it's yeah. uh, it, it, Joe Davis is this mythical. We also made him laugh last night by saying, "So uh, you're close to this record?" Then I think he thought we'd be talking about Stephen Henry. Say so only, only another, only another nine to go to Joe Davis for the 15 <laughs> yeah. world titles. And I, I think he, he, I think after that, he thought that maybe get winning one more to equal Stephen Hendry was a bit easier. Joe, Joe Davis used to win when they, they sort of played in the back room of, of, a, of a gentleman, Smoke a gentleman's you, club. You couldn't see the other end of the table, <laughs> could you? Um, uh, Hector, is, it was Ronnie Wright the other day when he just said, you know, the standard of it is pretty poor. Or, or and how did that go down? I presume not amazingly well. Yeah, I mean, I think he was he was specifically talking about sort of younger, lower ranked players. I think maybe he thought that. A lot of people make comparisons between the sort of amateur scene now, where it used to be very, very flourishing, and these players would go all around the country playing in tournaments with, you know, Ronnie O'Sullivan or John Higgins, Mark Williams. They all knew each other, you know, even before they turned pro, because they'd been playing each other in sort of various tournaments uh, from the age of about 12 or 13. So that, that that scene isn't quite as flourishing at the moment as it, as it is. Um, the tour is bigger as well. You know, 128 people rather than sort of 32 or 64. Some of the some of the young guys down the bottom are not, you know, they're not. In the same standard as guys in the top 16, top 32, but I think he was a little bit, little bit harsh. There was a big reaction to it. Some of the senior players were standing up for the young guys, just saying, "Well, you know, we all started somewhere, and you know, let's not forget that Ronnie O'Sullivan lost to an amateur in the World Championship last uh, last year. That was only sort of 15 months ago." So. I, I think I think it was a little bit harsh, and uh, yeah, certainly the the rookie of the year, Louis Heathcote, was 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 pretty against what he'd been saying, and another young guy who's just made it onto tour, Jamie Wilson, I think has also put him off, and he he accorded him the ultimate snub of saying I'm a I'm a Judd Trump fan now after those comments. Mm. And, and the sport is then in good health, is it? Because obviously, you know, it, it people a lot of people who don't like snooker just don't even regard it as a sport, but it doesn't really matter. You either like sports or you don't like them. Um, there are enough people that still love it, and it's and it's doing well, would you say? Yeah, I would. I mean, listen, yeah, we've all got our own favourite sports. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm rugby's biggest fan, but I, as a sports journalist, I appreciate a lot of people like it. And, and, the, and the, you know, they're big events, the Six Nations and the World Cups. They're huge. But with snooker, you're right. Somebody, it's not everyone's cup of tea. I think overall it's in very good health uh, to the extent that, you know, a, a lot of... A lot of events this year have reduced the prize money because they haven't been able to have fans in there. Uh, Barry Hearn took a decision not to do that. So he's probably about two and a half million out of pocket from that world championship. But everyone's been paid what they were going to be paid. So Ronnie O'Sullivan got a, a nice check for 500,000 mm. last night. I think the big, the big worry, a lot of the, the big money events are in China. Um, all the Chinese events have been postponed this year because the Chinese government have said, you know, no sporting events until 2021. So provisionally, they're all now in a big kind of Asian swing uh, set of tournaments um, between sort of January and April next year. Were the Chinese government to ex- extend that, um, that would be that would be a bit of a blow. But I think 
I think World Snooker have got a, a bit of money in the coffers for a rainy day. And, and yes, listen, it's it's we we all know it's not quite as big in the UK as the 1980s, but elsewhere in the world, in sort of China, Thailand, uh, now mainland Europe, it's 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 huge. It's far far bigger than it was. Uh, Hector, thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. It is autobiography was. Autobiography Wars Max. We do it on a weekend. For those of you who've never heard it, we take uh, two autobiographies and we pitch them against each other. Absolutely. We thought it would a very successful we, feature. We thought it would turn over and turn over and turn over the autobiographies, but Bruce Forsyth has appeared to be undefeatable. Yes. yes. Doesn't he, Max? How many? Twelve? Has he seen off twelve think who sports he's, people? Think who? He, think who he's? Uh, uh, think who he's beaten? He's beaten Howard Webb. Howard Webb. That was a, that was a dirge, wasn't it? <laughs> Jeffrey Boycott. Jeffrey Boycott saw him off. Boycott. Uh, yes, on Saturday we had our first one sent to us, yeah, didn't we? Cash. Uh, we forget his name now, but that doesn't really matter he was anymore. He's a kickboxer, Max. He was. Wasn't he? He was so if you have got an autobiography, uh, you want to send it to us to take part in, yeah. in uh, what is known as Autobiography Wars. So we've got a random number generator, mm-hmm. and I put in the number two three eight, which is the amount of pages in the Clive oh, Allen quite autobiography. Short, quite a short book. Up front, so he's got nothing on Forsyth. Nothing on for the no. four hundred plus, isn't it? Yeah, I'm sure we've read most of. I think we have read all. Of, I think we have now. read all of the book. It normally involves either the war. Yeah. Um, Sammy Davis Jr. <laughs> yeah. or the head of ITV. He really hates his agent, doesn't he? Really, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> hates his goes agent. Goes in on him. But, okay. you know, so it's Clive Allen versus uh, Bruce Forsyth in Autobiography, Autobiography Wars. <laughs> Page 52. 52. Page okay, 52. Okay, here okay. we go. We're still in the war here with Bruce, but uh, here we go. Also in QPR reserves. So. Okay, Clive Allen. Here we go. It's all in your head, son. There's nothing wrong with you, I kept hearing. The only way I knew how to respond was to work harder. But I was being told not to work at all, to cure the problem with rest. How do you show people you want to knuckle down when you can't lift a finger? Now it was a case of getting fit. I knew it would be a long road back, much more difficult than after the hernia operation. And although I tried to join in during pre-season, I was well short of the required fitness. There was a real incentive to get back involved. We ended the 1984-85 season in third place after our title challenge fell away following a 2-1 defeat to Everton on the 3rd of April. I felt some frustration over not being able to play any part, but honestly... My main concern was just how badly the injury was threatening my entire career. That summer, the club added Chris Waddle oh. and my cousin Paul to the team. Mm. I mean, sort of a bit sort of rudimentary. It was on on the bench, wasn't it? Yeah, not a great story there from Clive Allen. Let's hear what Bruce... One of the worst audiences Les Roy and I ever encountered was in Barnsley, Yorkshire, where, incidentally, Michael Parkinson comes from. <laughs> Whether he had anything to do with this, I don't know. They were a terrible audience all week, as far as laughs went. In those days, it was customary to finish your act, bow, go off stage, and then come back for a second bow. And if you were a double act, as we were, you milked it by calling each other back to take another bow and so on. But at Barnsley, you'd finish your act to quite good applause, go off stage, come back for your second bow, and the applause would just stop immediately. You were just left there, feeling like a couple of plonkers, to borrow a phrase. And they did this every night. Mm, I don't know, I'm going to call on the producer. It's oh, too pretty pretty bad. Just come Bruce, on. just... It's 1-0 Forsyth. Just Bruce, it's 1-0 Forsyth in Autobiography Wars. <laughs> 
Jeez, it wasn't a great story. Who's he borrowed the, t- the, the phrase, a couple of plonkers off? Who knows? Who okay, knows? Let's generate a new page. Page 70, not very 70, far not from far it. Far away. Ooh. Hopefully, uh, Hopefully Clive has settled in with Clive Chris Waddle and Paul Allen. Because he started at Arsenal, of course, didn't oh, yeah, he, Clive absolutely. Allen? Yeah, yeah. Here we Ooh, go. Page 70. Each player at Tottenham received two season tickets and two more complimentary tickets to be distributed among family and friends. After we got married, I gave Lisa the season tickets because that was all where all the wives sat with their parents or children. I gave Dad the two complimentary seats. There wasn't that much of a difference. In fact, the seats weren't even very far apart inside the ground. But we had a row about that. I don't think he was generally sensitive about things like this. He just believed in this instance that he was entitled to the better seats. He told me he felt the season tickets should have been his, but I argued that during his playing days, he would have given them to his wife, just as I was now. The littlest things sometimes have the biggest consequences. My stalemate with them should have ended around the time my goal-scoring form put me in the mix for Players' Player of the Year award, voted for by the Professional Footballers Association. But the situation had grown into something of a standoff, made inadvertently worse by my Uncle Brian, my mum's sister's husband, speaking to the papers later that season. He claimed Dad wasn't getting the tickets from me at all. But that wasn't true. (laughs) I was annoyed, disappointed, because Brian had spoken to me about it before going public. They obviously consulted each other. I've never known why my dad knew what Brian Brian was thinking, because we've never discussed it. I think that's a pretty good story from Clive there. Really? Pretty good Clive. Uh, Mark says, come on guys, you have to get both barrels from Brazil on Autobiography Wars. Uh, will you please read from Warnock's Autobiography, says Jack. And Luke says, I was only half listening just now. I thought you were talking about Clive Anderson. Wondering why he needed to be fit and ready for the 84-85 season. Well, he was big <clears> in the sort of late 80s, wasn't it? There we go. Anyway, Clive Allen's discussion inter-family politics, Max. It's always interesting. Here we go. When there was a big nude scene at the windmill... <laughs> The girls would have to pose on a pedestal, sometimes holding only a bunch of grapes. <laughs> Under the Lord Chamberlain's rules of that time, they were, the, they were only allowed to pose naked as long as they did not move. Other scantily dressed dancers would be dancing around, but the naked ones had to stay absolutely still. If they moved, Van Damme could have lost his licence. One reason he made that rule that nobody waiting at the side of the stage should ever make them laugh. Also, if one of the girls started to giggle, giggle and cause bodily parts to move, nobody could be sure what the men in the front row of the stalls would do. Heaven knows they were bad enough state anyway. Sometimes I felt like throwing a bucket of water over them. And there it is, Forsyth 2, <laughs> Alan Nil on Autobiography. Was. I mean, that yeah. really was close to the edge. Filth. It was filth. Wasn't it? Absolutely disgusting. Very strange Bruce. to say. Oh, anyway, weird time. That was probably like 200 years ago. We're on page 70. So it's, trying, it's a weird sense of logic to go, they can be naked as long as they're completely, completely stationary. Still. What completely does that mean? Still. What point does that mean? If they go totally stationary, no one will know? The windmill. How does that... They never, they never closed. <laughs> All the big acts started at the windmill, Max. Is that right? Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, all right. I'm trying to think of one now. Bob Monkhouse, I'm going to say. Don't know if that's okay, true. you're just making it up Just now. making it up now, you know. Anyway, there we are. What Very a fantastic good. game. So, look, if you are, if you've written an autobiography, or if you've read one that you think is good and would help sustain this feature for, are we going to bring it back for next season? Uh, we've just had know. the photo shoots, and that's a yeah, confirmation of, course, of uh, it's on, you know, it? contract is on. We've got the, three uh, more three more weeks until the new season, until it's game day. Oh, so, okay. look, I think we've got to retire Bruce at some point. 
He needs to meet some big guns, though. Alan Brazil. We need his book. We need McCoist as well, McCoist's don't we? McCoist's book. Yes. All these ones. Neil Warnock, that yeah. sounds he, a good uh, book. Bruce has already beaten 20 years of talk sport. Yes. He? Absolutely beat, beat the, smashed Beat the it. whole station. I know. He's an extraordinary performer at this level. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on talk sport. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.